Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport, brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. My name is Tony Kerr, and with me this week is Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingrall. Hi, Tony. Hey, guys. Um, lots going on this week, lots to discuss. Coming up, we'll hear from the new chairman of the Guernsey Island Games Association, John Marley, obviously a very familiar face in Island Games circles locally, having been team manager for 16 years. Um, he takes on the job from Brian Allen as we build up to Orkney. Really interesting chat to come with him. Um, plus, we'll have a look back at some of the uh, standout moments of the week and look ahead to what's coming up over the next few days. I think we've got to start in Florida, though, Jamie, where <laughs> Seb Prio um, has had a fantastic weekend, a fantastic start to his um, championship season, to his year um, ahead of the 24 hours of Daytona, which takes place this weekend, um, qualifying on pole. For the uninitiated, they kind of have a qualifier event a week before calling it the raw before the 24 and Seb took quickest lap over one circuit of the course beating uh, the reigning champions of the series so obviously that has to be massively encouraging for Seb who's just stepped up to this GTD pro level and yeah so starting in pole it'll be very exciting to see how he gets on this weekend yeah absolutely um yeah clearly it's going to be a, a grueling event he has the honor of uh, leading off his team as well um, which is quite something um it was great actually the, his team AO Racing um who he was with last season wasn't he but it, he's still with this season but in an upgraded class uh, a step up which is great to see but yeah they posted a clip of him uh, from the weekend uh yeah looked very very happy with the uh, performance and absolutely as he should be because um yeah that's a an awesome start to his year really good to see and we'll be uh, right across what happens this week uh, with that first race of the season when does it take place when does it start okay so for seb it will be starting early afternoon but for us that'll work out as around it'll work out as half six on saturday evening and it will be going until the same time Sunday. Yeah, awesome. And streamed online and available on TV as well? Um, okay, so imsa.tv is a place to go. And there'll also be uh, highlights later on the IMSA YouTube channel. Yeah, I imagine there'll be a few people tuning in to, to watch the start of that on Saturday. Um, of course, we wish Seb the very best of luck. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing how he gets on. Um, a bit closer to home, Gareth. Uh, a lot closer to home. Lot, yeah, very much closer to home. Um, I'd probably rather be in Florida. Yeah, I think so. Warmer, <laughs> muggier. <laughs> Don't have to wear five layers when you're going out. Exactly. Which uh, I'm sure you had on uh, on Saturday for the hockey. I think I had four, but the three of them were very thick layers. Yeah. Um, yes, it was uh, the already the almost like the culmination of the league programs because very unusually for sort of Guernsey hockey, both the men's and women's league has been sort of dominated by one side, which is which is very rare. Um, Puffins uh, finished off well; they've still got some games to go, but they're they're crowned champions in the women's league. They won five one against nearest rivals Cubs. Um, they've been a pretty dominant force, Puffins, this season. Um, no surprise, uh, Catherine Bushell got her name on the, the score sheet a couple of times again. She's been outstanding of late. Um, Lucy Waldrum, Bex Hubbard and Minnie Swayze also on the score sheet. But yeah, they've they've won every game they've played this, this season, Puffins. They've uh, got a very good side. And um, yeah, the... Uh, that's sewn up the league title and then they're sort of club mates Colombians in the men's league they've also um they're now uncatchable at the top of the men's division they've been uh they've been uh firing in the goals recently and uh against what looked on paper like a very decent casual side um 
they emerged 9-1 winners on the night and they, I think they'd scored seven in the first half. Um, their their attack is just um, pretty pretty irresistible at the moment. Sean Donaldson scoring goals by the hatful. Um, he's also got Sammy Dawes and um, uh, Henry Meadows alongside him, both Ireland players. And of course, Zach Damerill, their midfield general and, and captain, always pops up with a goal or two as well. So they've been just, yeah, they've been uh, the real um, out and out outstanding force this season in men's division one. So um, it's almost a bit of a shame that the, the leagues are wrapped up this early, but I suppose in some ways it might be um, quite favourable to the Ireland's coaches who've got some big games coming up in terms of national competitions. And of course the interinsulars are, are not that far away. They come up in March. So um uh, while the competitive nature of the league perhaps hasn't quite been there this year, um, there's been some decent quality stuff, and I think the the Ireland sides will will benefit from confident players going into the into the business end of the season. Yeah, good to get that done and dusted. I guess as you say, with lots of big occasions to come, hopefully. Um, what's the next date in the diary as far as Ireland well, hockey? Um, penciled in at the moment is I think February the third or fourth for um, the women's over 35s um, national knockout game, which was. Um, postponed because of travel issues from the start of this month and then the men's game is uh, at home on the 17th of February which is uh, the full men's side that's um, up against um, East Grinstead seconds where it'll be a really tough game East Grinstead are one of the big clubs in, in national hockey but um, we have played them before and had some really good games against them I think both times they've been won by the settled by the odd goal in sort of uh, five or once I think it was it was about five four one time we played them so it should be a really good game that and then the following weekend the women's the full women's side will be away for their next national knockout game so there's plenty coming up in February yeah all to play for looking forward to seeing that Right, let's talk Ireland games um, because we had a bit of news through last week. Not unexpected um, that uh, John Marley has taken over as chairman of the Guernsey Island Games Association, succeeding Brian Allen, who, of course, has done it for a number of years, uh, 10 years, I think. Um, but he had announced that he was stepping down after uh, Guernsey 2023. What a way to bow out, for sure. Um, a few other changes as well, uh, as far as the board and the kind of organisation of Guernsey's Island Games team is concerned. Um, Karen Archnell um, is the new team manager, um, replacing uh, John in that position and also uh, Jane Letissier and Sue Naftal the two experienced um, sports administrators in the island um, coming on to uh, to help out as well which is really good to see um, uh, we caught up with uh, John though to uh, well find out about his 16 years as team manager which of course has taken him all over the world um, with uh, the island games uh, and also to talk about the event itself because there's always sort of one eye on the future as far as events like that are concerned and um, he had some really interesting ideas about potentially the direction of travel uh, and uh, some of the uh, sort of uh, out of the box thinking that might be required to keep uh, the island games um, going uh, in the sort of capacity that we've become used to. So um, yeah, really interesting conversation. Um, he joined uh, Gareth and I here at the Guns Press. John, congratulations uh, on the new role. Thanks for coming in for a chat. No worries. Thank you very much. Um, just take us right back to the the start of your sort of island games involvement, probably pre team manager duties. But okay. But what's kept you kind of uh, involved in in this whole movement for so long? <laughs> Um, I'll start. My first games was in 1991, Orland, and my first games as team manager was in 2009, Orland. So I've gone full circle. In the meanwhile, I jumped up and down on the volleyball court far too often, which pretty much ruined my body, <laughs> which then pushed me all towards uh, captain and then team manager, uh, island manager. And then just after the Guernsey Games in 93, 
our current team manager stepped aside and said, go on the Learning Games Council. So I did and enjoyed it. And then coming up to um, your Learning Games, then in, in 09, I was approached by the committee to say, uh, we're reforming the committee and we think you'd be really good. We'd like you to join. So I thought, yeah, fine. I'm happy to give back to a, the games that's been my life. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed the Learning Games. And then it was Roy Marto, and he said, we'd like you to be team manager. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> that's a bit full on, thinking I'll, I'll be some kind of general member at the background just doing something to help out. But so I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got to say the, um, the, mem- the team members, uh, the managers, have been brilliant over those years. You know, they got to make some really good friends, have some good fun along the way as well, you, which you have to to keep yourself sane. But, uh, yeah, it's been a long journey. Yeah, and you're taking on the chairmanship, uh, which we'll come on to, but mm. just let's talk about those 16 years as team manager. First of all, I mean, what is the team manager role involved for people who don't know? Um, so when we're away at games, effectively, you are the, the highest ranked person. So everybody else is then below you. So you, you're, you're running the, whatever we are, 275 to 350 athletes, plus team managers, plus your own committee members as well, support staff. Um, so you're basically manager of a one big team to try and enable our sporting delegates to perform at their best and hopefully bring back a load of medals and Guernsey tops the medal ceremony at uh, uh, table hopefully but yeah it's be- enabler I think the best way of saying it yeah and I can imagine sort of yeah when you parachute 200 odd Guerns into a foreign country for a week you know it's probably tough to manage very, yeah. <laughs> yes, certain sports are easier to manage than others. <laughs> um, yeah, some sports you can literally just, you know, you tell them the room numbers and everything, you know they're going to sort themselves out. Other sports you really have to hold their hand a little, but it takes all sorts. So, um, yeah, the world keeps on spinning. <laughs> yeah, in terms of sort of like Giga, John, obviously – and especially having just had the home island games where everyone in the island loved it. Mm. But it's very much like focus on that week for everyone else. But Giga terms, you never really stop, do you? There's always no. stuff to do year in, year out, no matter whether it's a game's year. Yeah. So what are we now, six months on from the, from when we hosted? Uh, so we're now looking to go away to the AGM in July to Orkney. So we're arranging our own transportation and everything for that. Part of that will be to preview all forms of accommodation, uh, how we're going to get there? Is it going to be flight, boat, fly direct? However, you know, there's so many different ways. Size of airports, what size planes can they take? And you just go around. You start to build up costs. You you come up with the best options for Team Guernsey. You put it to all of the the team managers, and then we make a decision and we go forward with that. Then you start booking the flights, booking the boats, booking the hotels, trying to arrange evening meals. So you got all that to sort out. It never stops. It's a solid. 18 months to, to a game. So you get a nice little six-month break after a game. And then, yeah, it's a solid 18 months. And then doing that role as team manager, having been a player at the games with the volleyball, I mean, do you look back at sort of like how you were as a player in 91 think, I wish I was a player under what now happens in terms of that professionalism uh-huh. in, in looking after <laughs> in looking after Team Guernsey? The games have moved on. Um, so I can't... I can't say anything against previous committees. Um, the games has become a very different beast. But I do remember we broke down 
on a coach on the way to the 93 Island Games to Isle of Wight. So we had to fly to Gatwick, get on a coach, right the way down to Paul, Portsmouth, wherever, get on Condor, what, well, wasn't Condor, Red Funnel Ferries, I think it was. And the coach broke down, and we all stood on the hard shoulder. And we had to have that coach because it was the cheapest coach available. Hmm. How times have changed. So now, we tr- yes, you still have a, a budget, but you're able to spend a bit more. And, hmm. and basically taking top quality athletes away from their homes for a week, you've got to make it as homely as you can. So if you can arrange a good evening meal, a good bed to, to lay in, and hopefully they then go and take that and can compete to their best. Back in 91, we were sleeping on school halls. Mm. You know, we literally, 91, we, we, we grabbed the stage. There was a cargo net between, while well, splitting the gym into two. The ladies were all in one half and the guys <laughs> on the other half. If you were stood on tiptoes, you could see straight over the top. You know, that couldn't happen anymore. <laughs> all the 18s, under 18s and adults were all in together. You know, mm. times have changed. Mm. It's... um. In some ways, it's improved. In other ways, it's kind of lost what it initially was. Mm. That the friendly games, that it's kind of lost that. But it's a better product now, mm. that's for sure. Yeah, and looking ahead to Orkney, then what are we? Well, as you say, uh, you'll be off to the AGM. Um, but looking ahead to the games in Orkney, what are you expecting from that? Uh, yeah, what can um, what can the islands expect from it? Um, Do you know what to expect yet? Not necessarily. I, I, Shetlands. I remember very well. It was very wet and cold and windy daily. <laughs> but we're staying on on um, sort of smallish cruise cruise boats, and yeah, it was it was a lovely game for lovely people in Shetlands. So I'm expecting the people of Orkney's to be just as friendly and welcoming. Accommodation is going to be an issue, and transport is going to be an issue. So all we can try and do is the best possible job for our for our, our team. I don't think we're going to have that bigger team, to be perfectly honest. I think it's going to be a very expensive games. It's, uh, yeah, it's it, it will be what it will be. It's, you've got to try and make the best of the situation. A lot of the other islands who don't mind still sleeping on school halls, floors, then they, they don't, they're fine with it. Other, we're more used to all staying together in one big hotel as best as possible. And I think their largest bed capacity is something like 40 in a hotel. So mm. we're not going to be staying together. They're on about um, accommodating people by sport rather than by island. So we're going to be split around everywhere. <laughs> so it's going to be a very different games. But for the games to move forwards, we need the smaller islands, medium-sized islands, and the larger islands to all step in and uh, and host. Or else it's the same four islands hosting every eight years, effectively. Yeah, which mm. would, that's not sustainable. Mm. And there has been a bit of a change, hasn't there, to the kind of the roadmap, if you like, Faroes um, stepping in or, or certainly the preferred island now to host two years after Orkney. Um, what, what do you make of of, the, of just how the future looks for the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel really sorry for uh, Innes Mon. They, they're they a great, I mean, I, I know their team managers very, very well. They're great people. Um, they're really looking forward to it. The current sporting climate in the UK, you know, sort of sport Wales, they've got their own issues at the moment. You look at the other Welsh sports, football and rugby especially. Um, and so they just couldn't secure the funding in time. So they did the right thing by pulling pulling the pin early. And luckily, Pharaoh stepped in. So it's going to be a very different games. So I really feel sorry for Innesmon. Um That's twice now they've got very close to hosting and 
And haven't managed to, so yeah. Yeah, I suppose potentially it'll be a, a while before they can put their their kind of hand up again. Mm. I mean, they, I suppose they could potentially swap with Pharaohs were in the in the long list, so I suppose they could potentially swap. But it'd be I'd like to go there sometime. It's not been to that part of the UK at all. So, <laughs> in terms of, I mean, like you say, John, we we need sort of like those medium, perhaps smaller islands to mm. host games. Mm. Do you think the idea of sort of having a couple of other, a couple of sports perhaps hosting their own games elsewhere is is perhaps a way forward. So I think bowls have done it before. Football certainly had an Innismon sort of Ireland Games tournament as such. Do you think that will be more the future? Quite possibly. There's there's I've got my own views. I don't want to get into too much trouble. <laughs> hey, go on. Nobody's <laughs> listening. Uh, yeah. um, there could be many. There's going to be many options. Mm-hmm. We, we're going to have to look outside of the box. There's no two ways about it. Maybe make the unofficial games, so the ones you've talked about, maybe make them more official mm. and actually host our 18, are the 18 sports still relevant? Speaking to a few of the islands, and we did a survey a couple of years back, there are one or two sports that are really not that relevant anymore. Maybe you drop those sports, bring it down to 16, uh, sorry, 14, or yeah, 14, 16, that sort of area. And those sports are hosted every two years, mm. be it eight and eight split, nine and nine, whatever, seven and seven. And then, therefore, there's no sport will ever miss out. That's got to be looked at. There's other ways, because costs, you know, get so expensive in islands. And Guernsey was expensive games for the islands to come here, really expensive games. Mm. There's no cheap accommodation here. Not quite as expensive as Bermuda, but it wasn't far off. Um Maybe other ways, it's no longer an island games, but maybe you fly into hubs. You fly into Manchester, you fly into Stockholm, you fly into Madrid, somewhere, and all of the sports are hosted in the hub. No longer an island games, but it ensures that all sports are hosted each time. It's it's a real shame that four, four sports miss out. It really is. It's Who knows what the answer is? Is it too big? Is it too professional? Does it need to get better, bigger, to become something else? We're sort of in that, especially where the Commonwealths are now. You know, there's um, become so much more elitist. It's almost an Olympic standard now for Commonwealths. Mm. And you look at the hosts of the last, well, the next two Commonwealth Games have both pulled out due to mm. funding. Does that make the Ireland Games perhaps almost more relevant for Guernsey athletes if the Commonwealth Games, which you hope doesn't happen, but if, yeah. they, if they don't happen... In the Ireland Games becomes pretty much the main focus for everyone. Very much so, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is why I think, do we need to become more professional? Because it is going to become a lot more relevant to, mm-hmm. to our local sports people. I mean, we massively punch above our weight, you know, for the size of Ireland. No, professional or semi-professional athletes we mm-hmm. produce is brilliant. Many of which made their names at the Ireland Games, then in Commonwealth Games, and then become Olympians or, or professional in the UK seen so yeah it's um it's gonna be an interesting time I, I i don't hand on heart i don't think the island games will be the same as it is now in 10 years time i think it will change somehow mm. how i don't know <laughs> and obviously yeah guernsey now having hosted it three times and uh I think we can say having put on the best games ever last summer. Twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how big a role is Giga 
got to play in shaping the the future of the games? I mean, or is it the IIGA? IIGA are, yeah. uh, are the drivers to it. We we chip in, we come up with ideas. Um, so these intermediate years is when we get most of our business done. So the AGM that goes on during the, the games week is just sign off here, there, award the next games, blah, blah, blah. But these intermediate ones is when we really start deciding the future of the games and how it's going to look. Um, so there's been some surveys done and lots of discussions going on for the last four, six years now. Um, so yeah, I've no doubt that'll be continuing and we'll get there. And you talk about the relevance of some sports. Mm. Is there a chance that uh, that new sports would come into that mm. at the expense of others? Mm. How, how would that decision go about being made, do you think? Again, as a forum, mm. you know, um, like I say, the surveys were done. Uh, we were one of the few that would attend every sport not all islands would or could um gymnastics has only just come back into the frame you know they had dropped away we had we haven't had a gymnastics team now since what 91 93 something like that i don't think we took one well we certainly didn't to uh jersey judo team you know every they sort of pop in and out and yeah um Squash, we're one of the few sport islands to, to have a good squash team. Not all islands have squash. Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. We've got sports that are only four to six islands actually can compete in it. And you can only host a sport if you have more than four islands competing in it, or else you can only ever award gold and silver, no bronze medals. Then, yeah, those sports... Maybe there are other more popular sports. I mean, oh, just to put it out there as part of the survey way back then was um, every island competes or has a rugby sevens team. It's another team sport. That's not good for the island game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless other team sports are dropped. It, it's The games are too big now. So to start thinking of adding another team sport is a, currently a non-starter. But there may be other sports that might be you know, replace um, the sailing and windsurfing with maybe rowing, you know, because all islands row, not open sea like we do here, but all islands also row. Mm. So I'm not saying replace any of those sports, but, you know, that there may be other more relevant sports available that all islands could compete in. In terms of competitive thing, from Guernsey hosting the games and making such a success of it, mm. sort of the year just gone, um did you see the the potential from that? I mean, I don't know how much you get to see of these games while you're team manager, but I mean, in terms of sort of like, you know, um, enticing the next generation as such, how big a thing do you think it is that Guernsey gets to host such a quality games like that and the fact that all of our kids get to see it and what is now in future for Team Guernsey in the competitive sense? Yeah. Um, I must say that the Guernsey public made the games. Mm. They were absolutely brilliant. Um, the opening ceremony was one of the best things I've ever seen or been a part of. Mm. That was epic. In terms of visibility, so Goonsie Press does their part, you know, so when we're away traveling at a at a games or BBC Radio, Channel TV, there's you'll get a week of solid sport. If the kids haven't watched that or read that, they're not gonna know that there was an island games going mm. on. Hosting, there was what three, four thousand down at Foots Lane every night. Brilliant. 
all the cycling events. The kids were coming out, applauding as they were coming past the schools. Um, Delancey Park was absolutely rammed for the mountain bike. Mm. Uh, town was rammed for all the events. It visibility-wise, it's free sport, isn't it? You know, yeah. so if you're into sport, whether you it, just into entertainment, mm. it was great entertainment. Mm. And to be part of on on Guernsey as well, it's really well managed. It was a a really good event. And what did we touch? I don't know, ten thousand people visibility or more? Probably more. Probably more. Yeah. You know, I'm sure everybody got out to see something somewhere. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it it is. It's a lot of hard work to host, but leading on from that, hopefully, there's now there's going to be another influx of kids coming into sport which is what we really really need mm. you know i'm not exactly the thinnest myself anymore <laughs> but probably the second, <laughs> second thinnest in the room <laughs> yeah but um you know in terms of uh you know a health sport is a very healthy lifestyle because mm. even at a very low level to do some sport is is healthy for you mm. and um yeah it can only be a good thing Talk about inspiring the next generation um, of Island Games competitors. Uh, you know, as we said, you've been team manager for for sixteen years now. Um, even at IGA level, you know, so the, the people have been contributing and been doing so for a long time. Is there, do you sense there's a new generation of of administrators who are kind of ready to take the Island Games on as well, or is that becoming more more difficult? That's quite difficult as well. Um, I'd like to think locally we're we're not doing too bad. Some islands are struggling, Def- definitely. It's um, some islands have been the same team managers and chairman now for, well, longer than I've been on there. Uh, same faces. There's never any new blood coming along. You'd like to think in the background there's there's people putting their hands up. But, yeah, it, it's I'd had such great years at an island games. I always wanted to give back. I was never a great coach, never a great, well, I was a right player, but... It was the Island Games, such a, a fantastic thing that you know, if you want to continue or you felt you, you've gained from it, the only right thing to do is to give something back. And so that's stuck my hand up. It'd be lovely if some others did. Yeah, and there's some um, some brilliant sports people on Silent, and there would be some very, very good administrators as well. In terms of the new look uh, Giga board, you, mm. you, there's a couple of others who've stepped away. A couple of uh, new faces on there, but not necessarily new faces to sports administration, mm. are they? Mm. Uh, but how pleased are you to have uh, to have that kind of new impetus? Very much so. Um, so, so take Sue. You know, I've known Sue when I said about great um, team managers and people help as you go along to an island game. Sue's been one of those. She's been fantastic support through the years. So I'm really pleased that she's joined the committee. Jane has never been to an island games, but I've known Jane since I first started playing volleyball. I remember her doing her knee on uh, on court three at Beza Jewel. Um So I've always known, and again, very pleased that she's she's stepped forward. So it's nice. We're also a committee of four women, which is nice. You know, there's a lot more representation now. And what I would also like, even if we just co-op some people on, is some younger people as well. Because in terms of, you know, we're going and ordering kit and stuff you know it's i know what i like to wear <laughs> it's not necessarily what some 14 15 year old wants mm. to wear and um to the last last games i got my niece to try on the kit what did you think and she said that's the best kit you've ever had so 
perfect. That's a good endorsement. Well, exactly. So um, so off we went and ordered it. I did have some reservations up to that stage, but yeah. And as it transpired, I think everybody enjoyed that kit. Um, yeah. The thing is, you've always got to cater for all sizes, and you know we're not exactly the tallest on this island. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so shorter legs, or you know, yeah, there's all sorts of sizes and shapes to, to cope with <laughs> obviously you've been to many games i've been to many games as well but is there any sort of apart from the home ones we'll, we'll, we'll stick those to one side yeah, they're, they, they're always particularly special I yeah, suppose, the best you, games <laughs> yeah but if i said to you now sort of which games or which venue did you really enjoy going to in over your um, career so far in terms of playing the scandinavian games mm. always volleyball was their number one sport so Gotland and Norland were always great games. And I've gone to both as as team manager and uh, went to Orland as a player, missed out on Gotland in it was, 99. It was that sort of period, yeah, just yeah. around the turn of the century. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound so yeah. old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, 99. So I'd missed out on that, but I heard great things about it. Um, so I always enjoyed those as as. For my particular sport, mm. they, they were always great games. Lovely islands as well, and it's places yeah. you would never visit. Mm. You know, in the Baltic Sea, I'm, I've never been to the Baltic since. But those islands are cracking islands, mm. and always wanted to go back. And the, the team managers there do all invite us, you know, to come and visit and stay for the week. Same as um, up in Hitra and Freya, got friends up there, you know, just mm. come and visit. So a long way up that one. <laughs> yeah, I went to the Gotland games, uh, the last Gotland games, to, you know, working uh, to cover it. And uh, but I was watching an episode of the Hairy Bikers not long ago, uh, and they went to Gotland and they ate this delicious lamb, which I completely missed out on when I went there. So I, I, I'm going to have to go back. I didn't have any lamb. <laughs> it looked absolutely epic. Yeah, but we did get out to, um, I mean, especially on the way out to tennis, you know, you properly went out into the country, so I the football matches. Mm. And it's a lovely island. Yeah, yeah, there's some, yeah. There's some beautiful football crowns. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You're like, absolutely. You're like in a bit of farming. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Um, and then I think probably one of my favourite games of Bermuda as well. Mm. That's a lovely island, that. Yeah. Yeah. That was almost because of the nature of it, because it was quite a small team and a small games in, in the way it was run, it, yeah. it became a lovely community feel did, to that one. Did. And it was just, I mean, I was there covering it. I don't know if you were there. No, you know. missed out on that one. But didn't get the color. I mean, <laughs> if ever you felt like part of Team Guernsey just for being from Guernsey, yeah. you know, I wasn't yeah. confessed or whatever, it was, it was a great game. Was, I've, I've never worked as hard in my life that week because I was doing the photos as well. I think I was up at six in the morning and still going at half two Absolutely. in the morning. But yeah. it, it was a, I wouldn't exchange it for the world. It was a fantastic week. Yeah. They, um, yeah, exactly that. And But also, with, it was the most expensive, but mm. one of the easiest to organise because they, they had the infrastructure, they had the hotels, yeah. they had the airport, they got great links direct from Heathrow with BA or via um, Newark and, and JFK from New York. So there's always there's easy links to get this. There's such an easy games to organise. Mm. Very expensive, but, yeah, really easy for our part. Um, getting about wasn't so easy, though. Such a, a long, well, volcanic rim, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's only one road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that was, a, that was a nice game. So mm. Nice scenery. Lovely sea. 
warmer than I have a bath. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've been in the Guernsey Sea ever since I've been in the Bermuda Sea. Yeah. It's that warm. Exactly. Exactly. exactly that. Yeah. 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 So, so just to go back to an earlier point, mm. do you actually get to see much in terms of sport as team manager? Yeah, yeah. you do. Um, I've been really, really lucky. Uh, I don't know whether it be our competitors becoming more professional, um, maybe the whole surrounding part of the island games we've become more professional i don't know but there's no words for me to touch <laughs> but i've not had any issues mm. since i've been team manager and i know there has been some issues within team guernsey over the years so therefore my part at the games has been basically going out so being one of the chief supporters as mm. much as possible trying to get around to all the sports i've got got to go and watch sports i mean i've always loved sport um and I got to see some sports that I just never would normally go and watch. Archery is a fantastic sport to watch. Yeah. You know, you think it's just a bunch of people stood there firing some arrows, but it's really it's very tactical and mm. and they're such accommodating people as well. You know, so you get like I say, you get to make friends with team managers and yeah. So Steve from Archery's been always been fantastic through the years. And he's right laugh. Um, and then yeah, there's other sports. I mean, my my wife swam for the island, but I was never really into swimming. But what a night at a swimming pool mm. of an evening, you know. It's great atmosphere. And they really, obviously, it's, it's a well-oiled machine now, you know, so that you have the music clap on and, and ceremonies and stuff. So, yeah, I, yeah. Short answer to your question, I get to watch a lot of sport. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, because there's no issues. Mm. Uh, so, yes, we're still sort of behind the scenes running around, sorting out mm. the hotels in case there's any any issues with that or food or whatever. But, um yeah, there's, we've not had any disciplinary issues that we've had to deal with. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Can you pick out uh, one or two kind of sporting highlights, the best things you've seen? <sighs> Probably most of the cycling events, because we've had some brilliant cyclists over the years. Um, so they're always great to go and watch. Re again, a really accommodating sport as well. So, you know, they always give their time. Absolute highlight for me would be, on a personal level, my niece, along with her three fellow 16-year-old teammates in the 4x100 relay in Jersey, getting bronze medal. I was crying. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many. There's been some great, great sporting moments over the years. Yeah, from most sports, actually. You know, and because they're all so welcoming and, and because they want to show off their sport to you, when they do well, you're part of that as well. And mm. you all want one big hug, you know, effectively. It's, yeah, so... Um, Walking up, walking away from the games at the end of the week is always a highlight. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, looking forward to a good night's sleep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, John, I know you've said you're only committing for two years. Mm. You, you've already given an awful lot, obviously, as we've as we've covered. Um, but just when you think about, uh, yeah, your your time involved. I mean, how proud is it, or how proud will it be for you to to lead? the Guernsey Island Games Association for the next couple of years and, and, and into a game. Yeah, an absolute honour, to be perfectly honest. Um, there's been some great chairman I've worked under or competed at Ireland Games under. Um, so to think I'm now doing that role is, yeah, it's a massive honour. Um, you know, we've got some great athletes who are giving years and years and or decades of, of service to the island. And for me to be elected to be a leader of that, establishment that they're competing for is yeah yeah well well uh, well chuffed um great committee we've got 
so looking forward to it. Although I'm pleased it's only two years. <laughs> yeah, I really am. Um, uh, yeah, a bit long in the tooth now. I think um, some, maybe a younger committee or uh, somebody with a bit more energy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was very enthusiastic at the first four years. <laughs> Eight years. <laughs> 16 years later, you know, you, um, yes, it's, yeah, it's also a right for other people to have the chance to step in as well, um, to maybe... Uh, see and do what i've managed to do now it's yeah yeah good yeah times. i just finally i mean you touched on what orkney is gonna look like and it is by all accounts gonna be quite different um what's your message as giga chair to uh you know any athlete in guernsey who's aspiring to be there and, and be a part of it what's what's the kind of you know what's the message um train hard listen to your coaches um <laughs> the usual thing <laughs> um start saving <laughs> um you know, so our, our big thing now is to make sure that we get the right messaging going out. So if, if for instance, you're going to be staying by sport, not by island, to let you guys know as early as possible, because they need to, in able to be able to perform, they need to have their head in the right space and to know that they're not going to be staying with the rest of Team Guernsey. They're going to be in their island, in their sports. And um, yes, yeah, so to make sure information flow is... Uh, it's the biggest thing we need to get right. Um, and then the sooner we can get everything bottomed down, then, yeah, let the athletes know and hopefully they can go away with the right right mindset to, um, well, see a, see a lovely island. You, know, so you, you look at um, Orkney's on, on YouTube or on Wikipedia or internet in general, it's got a lot of history. Mm. You know, same as Guernsey, there's a lot of, lot of history on yeah. Orkney's. And uh, so it's very much looking forward to, to going and visiting that. And, um, yeah, hopefully our competitors are likely looking forward as well. <laughs> we need to get ourselves sorted, Cash. Yep. Yes, you got you do. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need some drinking partners. With you. <laughs> I'm sure. Look at us. It was previous, I know. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> always willing to step up to the plate on that front. Um, well, John, thanks so much for coming in and no, chatting about it. Um, yeah, all the best for the next uh, few months and the next couple of years. And yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Cheers. John Marley, the new Giga chairman, speaking to Gareth and I there. Um, yeah, really good to see him involved. Uh, he says it'll only be two years. I imagine uh, after 60 years as a team manager, it probably will be. It's just so, well, yeah, I'm sure it would be just so hard to imagine a Guernsey Island Games team without John Marley being involved. And um, he does probably need a rest, sort of, I suppose, for sooner rather than later. But um, he, he's a good man to have at the helm. He, um, Brian Allen did a, a sterling job as chairman in his tenure. But yeah, John has just been, he's sort of almost like Mr. Guernsey Island Games through and through. And it, it's, uh, it will be strange in sort of perhaps four years time if he's not there in an official capacity. I, I don't think you'll ever quite be able to stay away from the Island Games. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good that he's, he's going to have this two years to be the, the top dog, so to speak. And uh, hopefully enjoy the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the, the work already underway for Orkney 2025. I'm looking forward to seeing how things take shape for that one, for sure. Um, let's just have a quick look at what's coming up this weekend well, and this week. It's quite a busy one, isn't it? Um, on the football pod, we talked about GFC, three wins in a row at Foot Zone for them. They're back in action at home on Wednesday night against Rains Park Vale. So we'll be down there for that one. Um, but yeah, lots going on this weekend. Uh, oh, well. 
Lots going on this weekend and a, a really big kind of pivotal clash for Guernsey Raiders. Yeah, Guernsey Raiders host Wimbledon, who are one of the sides sort of down with them towards the, the bottom end of National 2 East. Obviously, uh, Raiders had that great win over Tunbridge Duddians, uh, best part of two weeks ago now. And they didn't get to go to Isha, who are the league leaders, because of uh, the, the frozen pitch. Uh, last weekend, which I think might benefit them certainly going into this Wimbledon game because um, that would have that would have left a lot of battered and bruised bodies if they played the league leaders the week ahead. Um, it was probably a bit of a double-edged sword. You, you, you don't want to have sort of like game on game stacking up um, towards the end of the season. But I think this game is such a big one for Raiders that they'll probably be grateful for that rest and hopefully um, be firing on all cylinders when uh, Wimbledon arrive on, on Saturday afternoon. That's part of a double-header actually because uh, Vikings... Uh, hosting Milbrook um, ahead of that game um, on the Garen stand pitch, coming off the back of a good win over Loxheath Pumas at the weekend when they beat them 55-22. And by all accounts, and Jacks are sort of getting back to what they'd call their better form, having had a few sort of uh, perform a few below par performances sort of around the new year. So yeah, that should be a great afternoon down the first lane. Raiders ladies also in action at home on Sunday. Um, so yeah, busy weekend of rugby. Uh, anything else in the diary, Gareth? Yes, yeah, Super Saturday, uh, another Super Saturday for the basketballers, following on from their, obviously, their Island Games um, uh, experience where they had such a great crowd turning up. And uh, there should be a couple of good games. It's uh, in the Women's League, it's Ravenscroft against Comets at three o'clock, which is a potential to be a real cracker and, and perhaps not quite a title decider as yet, but those two sides are, are among the contenders. And then um, Skipton play Pistons in men's division one and Pistons are on a bit of a roll recently. They've been putting together some good form and, and Skipton uh, having sort of started the season so well that they've hit a bit of a, a, a down down patch. And so that that has the potential to be a really good game as well. So that'll be a, at Beausajour in the Sir John Loveridge Hall um, on Saturday afternoon. Bit of table tennis as well, Jamie. Is that where you're going to be? Yes, so we have the CI top 12. Uh, so that's Guernsey's top six players versus Jersey's top six players. Except in this case, I guess we've got a bit of a different lineup. We had a few notable absences of a local qualifier and it was actually very tight between our top guys. So effectively, Lawrence Stacey, Josh Stacey, his twin, and Ryan Bichard have all qualified on the same number of points. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the pecking order works out and how it settles in the finals uh, this weekend. Yeah, that's on Saturday, uh, so you can look forward to a full report, uh, Jamie's full report, uh, in the paper next week. Right, let's leave it there. Our thanks, uh, as ever, to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Um, if you want to support what we're doing here at the Guernsey Press, uh, the best way to do that is to pick up a copy of the physical paper or subscribe to the digital edition online. You can also follow us, of course, on social media at GSY Press Sport is the place to go. Thanks very much, guys. See you soon. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.